Hey family, this is Josh Eggerson. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Faith Restored podcast. Faith Restored is a local church with a global mission to reach the lost and teach the found. And it's our hope that the word you're about to hear today encourages you, inspires you, and builds your faith. If you'd like to learn more about Faith Restored, you can visit us on our website at faithrestored.church. Now let's go live into this week's message. Joshua chapter 3, beginning at verse number 1. Hear the word of the Lord. If you don't have it, we brought a Bible to you. It's on the screen. Hear the word of the Lord. Then Joshua rose early. Somebody say early. In the morning. And he and all the sons of Israel set out from Shittim and came to the Jordan. And they lodged there before they crossed. At the end of three days, the officers went through the midst of the camp and they commanded the people saying that when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God with the Levitical priests carrying it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Somebody say go after it. However, there shall be a space between you and a distance of about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you shall go for you have not passed this way before. However, there shall be a space between you and it, a distance of about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it that you may know that you may know that you may know the way by which you shall go for you have not passed this way before verse 5 says then Joshua said to the people consecrate yourselves for tomorrow somebody say tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you amen do me a favor look at your neighbor help me announce my sermon subject say neighbor I came to tell you it's graduation season amen it's graduation season. You can be seated in the presence of God. It's graduation season. Father, help us in Jesus' name. <clears throat> the stage has been set. The pieces are now in place. The moment has arrived. The time has finally come. Joshua the former assistant of God's prophet and lawgiver Moses has now taken his place as the leader of the children of Israel. And after getting instructions from God and sending spies to do reconnaissance on the city of Jericho, Joshua is now preparing the people because God is about to make his move. God is getting ready to do exactly what he promised after nearly 400 years in bondage in Egypt. And then 40 years in the wilderness, after eating manna from heaven and quail that fell from the sky, after drinking water from rocks and wearing shoes and clothes that refused to wear out, God is about to take his people out of the strain and stress of daily provision and into the blessing of a land that is flowing with milk and honey. This journey has been a long time coming, beloved. As a matter of fact, this generation's entry into the promised land had been delayed because of the previous generation's inability to trust in God. And so to purge his people of the disease of disbelief, the Bible says God causes Israel to wander in the wilderness of Kadesh Barnea until everyone who did not believe God had died. 
Now, after purging his people, God is preparing to take a new generation along with the remaining parts, Joshua and Caleb and their families into the promised land that he said he would give them. Now, this people has this is a people with a difficult history. This is a people who has a checkered past. This is a people that has gone through pain from slavery in Egypt to suffering in the wilderness. Israel has had to matriculate through the school of hard knocks and it hasn't been easy for them. But now God has declared that their season of wilderness and wandering is over. God has declared that Israel has taken their lumps and they have learned their lessons. And now God has said it's time for graduation. In spite of their disobedience and their mistakes and their unfaithfulness, God is still about to take them to the next level. And I know you might be wondering today why in the world I'm preaching this particular message on this particular Sunday. What does Israel's transition into their promise have to do with me and what I'm going through right now? And I know you might not get it yet, but you need to understand that if you are connected to this house, then just like Joshua in Israel, God has declared over us as a body of believers that it's graduation season. God is getting ready to take faith restored to another level. And I know that as we celebrate all that God has done, it's easy to become complacent. But God is moving us as a people to a place called greater. God help me. I wish you would celebrate that. God is about to take us to a greater level of ministry. He's taking us to a greater level of impact. He's taking us to a greater level of influence. But this greater place is not just for us as a church. But if you are properly connected to this house then this is also a word for you that God is taking you to another level God help me I know that it might be hard for you uh, to take that announcement seriously and it might be hard for you to get excited about that because if you've been in church for any length of time you've probably heard that spoken over your life before you you you've probably heard some prophet for profit or some prosperity preacher take it telling you that you're getting ready to go to another level and it might be hard for you to get excited about that because if you look at your life right now there's not much about your life that screams that you're about to go to another level God help me as a matter of fact if you think about really think about the last 12 months of your life and all of the tears that you've had to cry and all of the pain that you've had to process and all of the hurt and disappointment that you've had to deal with it doesn't feel like you're in a season of promotion but even though it may not look like God is about to take you higher the beauty of your life is that God has spoken and he's declared that it's time for you to cross over I wish you'd get excited about that God says that in spite of the pain in spite of the struggle in spite of the heartache in spite of the headache that you've had to endure God has decided that it's not graduation day but this is a season of promotion it's graduation season doors are about to open in your life purpose for your life is about to be revealed God is about to cause favor to fall on you not because you are good not because you deserve it but because in spite of all of your fears and your flaws and your failures God has still declared over your life that it is your season for graduation and I know that every prosperity preacher tries to tell you that and tries to make you get excited about that but I want you to know I bought Bible proof today that it is your season of graduation God help me Pastor Josh how do I know that it's my 
my season of graduation. Well, you can look at the text and look at the story of Israel and you'll find reasons for you to know that it's your season for graduation. Well, how do I know it, Pastor Josh? Number one, the first reason I know it's my season of graduation is because I survived the enemy's attempt to eliminate me in Egypt. God, help me. You missed it because if you caught it, you would have tore your row up. The devil tried to kill you before you got free. The devil tried to kill you in Egypt. He tried to take you out. If you look at the history of Israel, beloved, before Moses parted the Red Sea, before he turned water into blood, before he caused plagues to fall, the Bible said that there were rows of Pharaoh that knew not the kindness of Joseph. And so he put Israel into bondage. But the more he oppressed Israel, the more Israel began to grow. And so he called genocide over the life of Israel. He said, I want to kill Israel before they can overpower me. But even though, God help me, he declared genocide over them. Israel was still able to survive. And you ought to shout because there is a devil in your life that wants to see you destroyed. There is a devil that wants to kill you. He tried to take you out when you were in the club. He tried to take you out when you were being promiscuous. He tried to take you out when you were losing your mind, when you were acting a fool, when you were in rebellion. But God didn't let him kill you. And because he didn't kill you, God said it's your season. God help me. The reason you know it's your season, beloved, is because you're still here. Not only, not only did I survive the attempt of the enemy to eliminate me in Egypt, but I know it's my season because I'm a product of divine deliverance. God help me. I, I'm a product of divine deliverance. God worked plagues and miracles in Egypt, not to scare the Egyptians, but he did it so that when Israel came out, Sherrod, and they looked at their history, they would be able to say that it was not the negotiation tactics of Moses that God got us out. It was not the kindness of Pharaoh that brought us out because God hardened his heart. It wasn't even our service in Egypt that prompted them to let us go. But we were released by nobody but God himself. God had to step in and do that because only God can turn rivers into blood. Only God can kill the firstborn of Egypt. Only God can part red seas and cause us to walk out on dry land. And you need to understand that you might not have come out of a literal Egypt, but God has delivered you from some stuff. He snatched you out of some stuff. He's pulled you out of some places and your testimony has to be, couldn't nobody do that but God. I got to move. I can't even stay there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I survived. I, I'm still here. I'm a product of divine deliverance. But third reason I know it's my season for graduation is because God, God kept me alive in the wilderness that killed other people. God help me. Oh, God brings Israel out. He brings them out of bondage in Egypt. And the Bible says that there is a week's journey, about eight days from where they crossed the Red Sea into the promised land. But instead of them making the journey in eight days, the Bible says that because of disbelief, Moses sends spies into the land. And he asked the spies, do they believe that they'll be able to conquer the land with God's help? And ten of the spies say, we won't be able to do it. Only Joshua and Caleb have the faith to believe that God is going to bring 
bring them into the promise. And so God says, because you don't believe me, I'm going to make you walk in the wilderness. I'm going to make you wander in the wilderness until everybody that does not believe God dies. God, help me. Oh, God, you don't get it yet. God says you're going to wander in the wilderness until everybody who does not believe me dies. But when we get to Joshua chapter 3, the Bible says that there is a group of people who are getting ready to go into the promised land and Joshua and Caleb are still living when everybody else who was their age has died in the wilderness. God help me. God allowed Joshua and Caleb to survive something that killed everybody else in their generation because they believed God. And God tells Joshua and Caleb now, you are survivors. You've been kept by me. There were things that killed other people in your generation, but somehow you're still here. God help me. I wish I was talking to some black folk in the building. God, is there a black man that knows that you survive statistics, that you shouldn't have your right mind, you, you shouldn't have a family, you shouldn't be in church today. Some black woman that said the world was against you. They tried to treat you like a second class citizen. You shouldn't have made it. There were things that caused other people to go through suicide and depression and to lose their life but you still here with your jacked up family. You're still here with your job that's driving you crazy. You're still here with sickness in your body. It's because in the wilderness of life you found out that God was a keeper. Yeah. It's graduation season. Yeah, in spite of the pain and in spite of the strain, God has declared that it's graduation season. God is moving us in position to possess his promises. And, and this is what's happening in our text. God told Joshua that it's time to take Israel into the promised land. And in Joshua chapter 3, Joshua is giving the people specific instructions for this journey that they are about to undertake as a people. But there is something interesting about this journey of promotion. God is calling Joshua and the children of Israel to go into the place of promise to walk into the season of promotion. But if they are going to get there, it is going to require Joshua and Israel to trust God in ways that they've never had to trust God before. This is an enormous test, especially for Joshua, beloved, because you got to understand that Joshua is being called to do this assignment, but he has to do it without a mentor. God help me. He has to do it without his spiritual father because you do understand in Joshua chapter one that Moses has died. God funeralized Moses. He did a better funeral job than any funeral director because the Bible says that Moses fell asleep and then God carried him away on a hearse made of cumulus clouds to a funeral site that nobody could find. The Bible says that God has carried Moses away. Moses is gone and now Joshua has to do his assignment without a father to bounce an idea off of, without a mentor to call and say, Dad, am I doing this right? Uh, what did you do the last time it happened? Moses is gone and now Joshua has to lead the people of God without his spiritual father. But not only is he having to lead without his spiritual father and without his mentor, but God calls Joshua to lead the people in an area that is outside of his talents and strength. Because God says, in order for you to take the people where you got to take them, you've got to cross them over water. But Joshua is not skilled at parting water. That was Moses' thing. Joshua 
Joshua was a military leader so he was a fighter and Joshua now has to do something that he can't fight his way out of you missed it he needs to cross the water but he can't hit the water with the sword and make it stand still he has to cross the water but he cannot shoot arrows at the Jordan and make the Jordan part he has to cross the water he can't punch the Jordan with his fist and make the Jordan stand up he's got to do something that he's never done before without anybody to help him but I've discovered that in the moments when God calls you outside of your comfort zone and you're called to do something without no one to call and get advice from it's because God wants you to learn how to lean and depend on him God help me when you depend on other people and when you got support systems and when you got folk you can call on and people that you can bounce ideas off of and people that you can call and get a check from when money is tight then God says you'll start to depend on them and not on me and then you'll start using those people to make you feel like you're bigger than you are like you got more than you really have like you're more anointed than you really are but when you're weak and alone and out of your comfort zone and you've got to depend on me that's when I show up and I've got to be God for you and is there anybody here who's been there you didn't have anybody that you could call on you're in that place right now you know that God is calling you to another level but there's nobody in your circle that you can ask for advice nobody in your network who can show you the way and you're trying to figure it out but it seems like you're going to have to do it all by yourself but God says when you don't have anybody else you've got me and I am the equalizer is there anybody here through this journey that has found out that when you have nobody but you've got God God is all you need God help me oh God God says I've got to teach you now that when you are at a deficit and you don't have the help you need or the skills you need that's when you totally have to place your trust in me God tells Joshua you're about to go into a new place into a new season I'm elevating you from being a bunch of freed slaves wandering in the wilderness with the same old clothes and the same old shoes eating the same old manna and drinking the same stale water and eating the same quail and I'm about to turn you into a great nation that will show forth my glory in the earth but if you want to get there if you want to graduate then there are some things that are required of you and as we peruse the parameters of this particular passage of scripture beloved I believe that God shows us what his graduation requirements are are you still with me I got four things to give you and I'm done number one God's requirements for graduation what are God's requirements for graduation number one I've got to be committed to go after God's glory God help me I've got to be committed to go after God's glory look at verse number three he says and when you see uh, the ark of the covenant with the law of the Lord your God with the Levitical priests carrying it then you shall set out from your place and do what oh, I, got, I need some people who can read do what say it again now he says go after it what is the it that he's telling them to go after the it that he's telling them to go after is the ark of God's covenant which was symbolic not only of the presence of God but it was symbolic of the Shekinah of God the, the kabod of God the glory of the Lord God he tells them that if you're going to go into the next season then you've got to be a glory chaser God help me I, I wish I had some help in here uh, y'all wonder why we have praise and worship for so long and why we sing for so long and 
and why we invest so heavily in music it's because we're trying to cultivate a culture of glory chasers God help me I'm tired of spectators in the church that sit up and look at worship leaders like they're cheerleaders or like they're here for your entertainment this ain't homecoming this ain't Beyonce this is not a concert they're up on stage showing you what you should be doing when the presence of God falls and I can tell how close you are to God by how you respond when his presence is in the room oh God I know I got some people in here that bothers you when his glory falls you don't want to move but you think you're saved because you know your Bible but you can know your Bible and not know God you can know the word and not know the God of the word and so many of us in here have made an idol out of church and made an idol out of the Bible that we think that we can respond to God's glory any kind of way but God said that if you're about to graduate then you got to be a glory chaser you've got to want the glory of God you've got to want God to be glorified in every situation you've got to want God to get the honor and the praise you've got to be desperate to give it to him you can't be too tired to give God glory if you want to go to the next level because your praise is what's going to release blessings into your hand oh you missed it you thought you could just sit there any kind of way and be blessed but God says I'm only blessing people who I can trust to give me the glory and so you don't just learn glory when you get stuff it's like you don't learn how to manage money when you get millions of dollars you don't become a praiser when God blesses you but the way you learn how to be a glory chaser is by giving him glory when you ain't got nothing who am I preaching to in the building today is there anybody here who can say I learned how to give him glory when I didn't have any money when I was looking for a job when my marriage was falling apart when my kids were driving me crazy when I didn't know how I was gonna make it when I needed student loans to help me pay my tuition but I kept going to class by faith God said I need some people who are chasing the glory I've got to be committed to go after God's glory. But number two, I'm still right there. Uh, I've got to fight the temptation to become too familiar with what's leading me. God, help me. Oh, oh I've got to fight the temptation to become too familiar with what's leading me. I know y'all think I made that up, but look at verse number four. It says, however, there shall be between you and it a distance. Oh, God. Chase it. Follow it, but don't get too close. God, help me. Uh, oh, God. Uh, and the reason why God tells them, Z, not to get too close to what's leading them is because they need to be able to see the way that they're supposed to go. God, help me. And so the text is teaching us that when you become too familiar with what's leading you, sometimes it will prevent you from seeing the way you're supposed to go. But if you follow and keep an appropriate distance, God, help me. Oh, God, that means that I'm not trying to outrun the glory. God, help me. I'm trying to get close enough to the glory to see the glory. God, help me. But I'm not trying to get so close that I'm in competition. God, help me with the glory. And too many of us have missed our blessings because we've gotten too familiar with what God has assigned to lead us. But if you're going to graduate, then you've got to learn how to honor and respect authority. Oh God, can I talk to my generation for just a moment? I think the reason why millennials have, have not gotten the promotion that they want is because we've forsaken honor. God, help me. We're too much of a clapback generation and we even got clapback preachers and clapback apostles getting with folk in their comments on social 
social media, but the devil is a liar. We need to learn how to honor leadership in the body of Christ. God says, I can't put you over what you're supposed to be over until you get under what you're supposed to be under. I can't give you authority until you learn how to respect authority. Everything does not require your comment or your input or what you got to say. Sometimes you need to just put a good yes sir in your spirit. Sometimes you need to just put a good yes ma'am in your spirit. Sometimes you just need to learn how to follow because if you learn how to follow, you can be led. Everybody wants to be a shepherd, but you got to understand that the shepherd has to fight by himself. But the beauty of being a sheep is that when the wolves come, you have a shepherd. God, help me. Oh God, when the shepherd gets in trouble, he can't look to nobody but God. But when the sheep get in trouble, they got a shepherd and God fighting for them. And you need to learn how not to be too familiar with what God is leading you, with where God is leading you, yeah. Uh, so I've got to be committed to go after God's glory. I've got to fight the temptation to become too familiar. Then I have to create an atmosphere for elevation through consecration. Yeah, I have to create an atmosphere for elevation through consecration. Look at what Joshua says in verse number five. He says to the people, consecrate yourself. Yeah, for tomorrow, the law, God help me. Oh, he says, consecrate yourself for tomorrow, the Lord. He says, today it's on you, God help me. Oh, notice he doesn't say, wait for God to consecrate you. He says, consecrate yourself. Now, you have to understand now, biblical consecration, it literally meant for you to make yourself as pure as it was physically possible for you to make yourself. It meant for you to make yourself as clean, as unencumbered as you could. It meant for you to lay aside every weight and every sin that would so easily beset you. And can I tell you the reason why many of us won't get what we need to get from God is because we will not commit Sherrod to consecration. Uh, we will not commit to removing things out of our lives that prevent God from moving. Yes. God can save you with mess on you. He's God. Yes, God can use you with mess on you. He's God. But God is not going to elevate you if you do not consecrate yourself. Because God is not going to put more leaders into place to abuse more people so that we can proliferate church hurt around the body. And the problem is we've gotten into a culture that promotes people because they're gifted, but they don't know how to be consecrated. God, help me. But God said that if you really, oh Lord, have mercy. If you really want to be used by him that you need to consecrate yourself what does that mean pastor Josh everything in your life that is not like God you've got to pull it out of your life you've got to uproot it God you can't just be saved in church and then unsaved in your business practices you can't just be saved during praise and worship and then not saved in your sex life you can't just be saved here and then not saved out there God says consecrate yourself Woo, God, co consecrate yourself, whatever it is in my life that is not like you, God. I want to take it out. I don't care if it's a television show. I don't care if it's music. God, and I'm not talking about unsaved or secular versus sacred music. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about anything that controls your mind to the degree that it influences your behavior. You can watch whatever you want to watch on your TV as long as it doesn't start changing your behavior and making you not act like you serve the Lord. But some of y'all can't stand 
stand to watch Real Housewives. You can't stand to watch reality television. You can't stand to listen to certain music because it changes your behavior and your demeanor. And then you start acting out what you see on TV. Start changing the way you talk and start changing the way you live. People won't even know that you're a believer. My God, it's some of us. People on our jobs don't even know we're saved because we're churchy, but we're not consecrated. They don't even know that we're believers. If they walked up in here right now and saw you, they'd be like, what you doing up in here? Uh, I thought I was visiting somebody else's church because they don't know that you belong to God. But God said if you're going to be elevated, you've got to pick a side and do it today. You've got to decide I'm serving the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That means that my money is going to serve the Lord. My spare time is going to serve the Lord. My gifts are going to serve the Lord. My talents are going to serve the Lord. My relationships are going to serve the Lord. Everything around me is is going to serve God because I'm tired of being on this level. I'm tired of being in this low place. I'm tired of being where I've always been. I want God to take me higher and he'll only do it if I consecrate myself. Oh, oh consecrate me now to thy service, Lord. By the power of grace divine. Let our souls look up with steadfast hope and our wills be lost in thine. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. I got one more and I'm done. Uh, what are God's requirements for graduation? Uh, I've got to be committed to go after God's glory. I've got to fight the temptation to become too familiar. I've got to create an atmosphere for elevation through consecration. But then fourthly and finally, I've got to have radical faith to walk into troubled waters before the way has been cleared. Because I'm persuaded by the power of his promise. Oh God, I, 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 I've got to have radical faith. I'll do it one more time for you. Uh, to walk into troubled waters before the way has been cleared. Because I am persuaded by the power of of his promise. Lord have mercy. Oh. It is interesting now. This is not the first time. That God has taken the children of Israel. Over a body of water. As a matter of fact. Uh, theologians. Uh, have surmised. That water. Is synonymous with trouble. Because before a God ever elevates you. He'll take you through an, a season. Of intense trouble. Notice that in order for them to be freed from Egypt, they had to cross over the Red Sea. Yeah. In order for them to move from the wilderness into the promised land, they now have to cross over the Jordan River. But God complicates it because the Jordan River is not in its normal state. But the Bible said that it is swollen at its banks at harvest time. Okay, you don't get it. Uh, I thought maybe you got... You got it because you live in Jacksonville. You remember uh, when that hurricane came through here a few years ago? And for weeks and weeks, the St. John's River was swollen. Now, the St. John's River was already big. But because it was swollen at its banks, it was even higher than it normally was. And so now, God, it would already have taken a miracle for God to help them cross the Jordan. But because the river is swollen, it's going to take even more of a miracle. Do you hear what I'm saying? But this is what God says. God says, you know I can part water. But this time I'm going to part the water a little bit different. Because the first time I parted the water, 
I blew my nostrils, parted the water, dried up the earth, and then told you to walk. God, help me. God moved the obstacle, Monique, before he asked them to step out. So it was not really a faith step because they could see with their eyes that the way had already been made. But this time, in order for them to graduate, God says, I'm not going to move obstacles before you walk. God, help me. But I'm going to move obstacles as you walk. God, help me. You missed it. Uh, God says that you got to trust me. God, help me. In order to move first, even before the way has been made. But if you trust me, Lord, have mercy. If you trust me, then I'll move every obstacle out of your way. Why is this significant, Pastor Josh? Uh, because in this next season, Faith Restored, God is calling us to do projects that we ain't going to be able to afford on paper. I'm sorry, Jotham. That's our finance director. God is calling us to do stuff that we don't have the manpower to complete. God is calling us to do stuff that the resources and the budget and, and all the stuff don't match up. But God said that if you walk, then I'll part the water. And is there anybody here in the building that's got a dream that you can't afford? You got a vision that you can't finance. You ain't got the friends for it. You ain't got the capital for it. You ain't got the connections for it. But God said you need the radical faith to step out into the troubled waters and believe that I'm going to do it for you. That as I walk, God's going to part the waters. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he's about to move it for you. God, help me. Oh, God, that's the wrong neighbor. He's about to move it for you. Oh, he's about to move the water. But if you step, God, help me. You'll watch him move it. I dare you to give God a praise right now like you believe he's going to move it.